Before we get started with today's show, I'm here to tell you about Brez Coffee Company, made by gamers for gamers right here on the Gulf Coast in Pensacola, Florida. Do you like lighter medium roast? Then try the Necro Medium, Holy Grail Light, or Stamina Boost. Or if you're like me and prefer darker roast, try the Critical Dark or the Coup Slayer Mocha Roast. But what if you can't pick just one? Then try one of their specialty sample packs, perfect for an all-night gaming or in the case of my fellow filmmakers, an all-night editing session. Forget about all the crappy coffee you've been buying at the grocery store and head on over to brezcoffeeco.com. Use the promo code DDE at checkout to get 10% off your order. Have you ever thought to yourself after listening to this podcast, why didn't Derek ask this question? Or why didn't he ask that question? I know I certainly have. Well, you get the chance to do that if you sign up for my Patreon at patreon.com slash ddiamondpodcast. You get the chance to ask guests of the show a question. If you're a fan of the top five list, you get the chance to vote on what the topic will be. You also get early access to episodes, accessibility to my film scripts, and so much more. And you can do so by heading over to patreon.com slash ddiamondpodcast. And we want to thank our Patreon, Tim Spivey. Thank you so much for your continued contributions to the podcast. And now, on with the show. Welcome to the Derek Diamond Experience podcast, where every week I take a look inside the world of film and television with those who have lived it and experienced it. I'm your host, Derek Diamond, and coming up on this week's show is a very special conversation that I can't wait for you all to hear. And quite frankly, it's one that when I started this show over seven years ago, if you had given me a list of people that I would have gotten the chance to talk to on this show, this person would not be on it. And that would be DC Glenn, one half of one of the most iconic hip hop groups from the 1990s tag team. You all know their song. Whoop, there it is that you couldn't, Turn on the radio during the 90s without hearing it at least you know once in your lifetime. And it's been included in so many movies and shows throughout the years. I personally always think of D2 The Mighty Ducks whenever I hear that song. No matter where I am, whatever platform I hear the song, I instantly think of the scene from that movie uh, that that song is from. But it was really interesting how this conversation came about. And it was through a website that I've been subscribed to for a while now called podcastguest.com. And it's pretty self-explanatory. If you're a podcaster, uh, you can subscribe to it and possibly appear on other podcasts to promote your work. Or if you're a podcast host, you can search different genres like entertainment, you know, in my case. And I just so happened to find DC Glenn's name. And I thought, oh, that's kind of cool. Because the Geico commercial, Scoop There It Is, had recently come out at that time. And everybody was talking about it. And I thought, why not reach out and see if he'd be interested in being on the show? And we exchanged a few emails, and now here we are. And it was really cool in the sense that in doing this podcast, in this podcast in general is what I mean, you don't really quite know how the conversations are going to go. You can plan to discuss certain things, like in my case, if it's a certain film or a certain episode of a TV show that I want to talk about, I'll make sure to bring it up. But for the most part, you don't really know how the conversation is going to go. And 
after speaking with DC, I was ready to take on the world, hearing his story and how he reinvented himself after COVID hit and just hearing his philosophy on life in general and, you know, aspiring to do what you want to do and achieving your goals was one of the most inspirational chats that I've heard on the show in quite some time. And I, I thank him very much for taking the time to, to have that type of conversation because it, it really, it spoke to me and really reinvigorated me when it comes to achieving you know, my own goals with this show and outside of it. So I hope that you all get as much out of it as I did. And I can't wait for you guys to hear it. So we're not going to waste any more time. Here is my conversation with DC Glenn. Welcome back to the Derek Diamond Experience podcast. And I am very excited to chat with my very special guest this week, one half of the infamous rap group tag team and actor, Mr. DC Glenn. DC, how are you, sir? Doing wonderful. How are you doing? Doing good, doing good. I when I had the opportunity to to chat with you, I know we've been kind of exchanging emails over the last couple of weeks. And when this opportunity presented itself, I jumped at it because I'm sure you hear it all the time. Your your music is pretty synonymous, especially with the 90s and being a child of the 90s. It's that song, Whoop, There It Is, is infamous with so many things, whether it be just hearing it on the radio, hearing it in shows, movies, things like that. So I'm, I'm excited to chat with you and thank you for taking the time. No problem, man. I love running my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's all good. I, I've been yeah. accused of doing that, too. It's one of the reasons why I started my own show. But yeah, uh, let, let's get started uh, at the very beginning. So what was it that initially made you want to get into music? Is it something that you were interested in at an early age? Well, me and Steve met in high school and um, I wanted to be in their band, right? And also worked at the truancy office at uh, Manuel High in Denver, Colorado. And I also wanted to be in the choir because I heard the music from down the hall. And then our first um, high school party, they had a DJ with two turntables and a mixer. And I was like, ooh, I want to do that. So I became you know, a band member, became a choir member, and became a DJ and just kept honing my skills and honing my skills. And um, after high school, went to college at Sac State University and kill, you know, still kept honing my skills and uh, DJing all the frat parties and started to write lyrics in class. And we got a four, uh, my boy got me a Ford, um, four track, Tascam four track recorder. So I learned how to make songs on my own. And we just got good at it. Steve got his four track and then he moved to Atlanta. And after college, I moved to Atlanta because I had a good time when I went down there to visit him. And I had a job at CNN and end up working at a club called Magic City. And now I am having a ball as a young man being a top DJ in the city and getting to play my own records in the club. So it has been uh, I've had a fun life. Right. And, you know, I knew when we went to Atlanta that, you know, we were still we were raised hip hop. So, you know, we're I'm getting all my records from New York. DC, 
LA and San Francisco. And we moved down to Atlanta and it's, you know, a new form, not necessarily a new form, but up-tempo music called bass music. And I loved it. And I knew, you know, that it was the popular music for down South. And then I realized we weren't going to be able to get out of down South unless we made an up-tempo record. And I went to Steve and I said, Hey man, we got to make something up-tempo. And, you know, we're not going to be able to do anything because the hip hop stuff is cool, but we don't, you know, the music industry hadn't evolved to that point. So, you know, I asked him what he could do. And he's like, it's hard to make that stuff. I love it. But and I was like, just think the essence of hip hop, because to me, the essence of hip hop is planet rock because that started the whole B-boy era. So therefore, you know, it's up tempo. Just kind of make it like that. And I had a bunch of songs I was working on and whoop, there it is, happened to be one. And everybody thinks it's just big NASA project that, you know, Woomp There It Is was and all it was is just a song about young kids having a good time partying. And it was real simple. Right. And took it to work that night after we recorded it. And to this day, it's the biggest response on any record I have I've ever had. And I've been DJing for 30 years. And my hubris was uh, kind of out of control. So. I'm thinking every record I make is going to be a hit record. So I kind of shelved it for a little while and then played it again. Same response. And then I knew I kind of had something. And one of the record reps uh, for Columbia Records was like, what is that? And I was like, that's my new record, man. And he's like, give me that. He sent it to New York. Columbia Records calls and all, all the record labels start calling. But they didn't know what to do with it. So they're kind of playing with me. And I got frustrated and kind of gave up. Until a lady named Lisa McCall told me to call Al Bell. For those who know Al Bell is, he's one of the original three owners of the uh, soul record companies at the beginning of black music. You had Motown, you had Philly International, and you had Stax, which was owned by Al Bell. And the year before Woomp, he had put out a record called Daisy Dukes that went gold, and it was a bass record. And I was like, that might be the person I need to call. So I called him. He called me back in about a week. And I was like, Mr. Bell, we got a hit record. I work in all the hottest clubs in the city. Some of the hottest clubs in the country. You got to sign us. And he was like, okay. I was like, no, 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 no. You haven't even heard the record. And, you know, he welled up and he told me, he's like, look, man, I don't have to hear the record. I hear it in your spirit. I hear it in your passion. Let's agree to agree. And let's get this thing going. And I gave my two weeks at Magic City, which was the club I was at. We signed a messed up record deal. And in a month and a half, we were platinum. And the rest is history. That's insane because you talk about whether it's in music or in what I usually talk about on the show, film and TV. Mm -hmm. when, you, when you see someone's passion and you feel it, like you feel their enthusiasm for something, mm -hmm. sometimes that is enough because emotions like that are infectious you know we talk about how negative emotions can be infectious but positive ones can be as well like laughter is infectious oh, yeah. oh, when yeah. you when you feel that someone is so bent on something happening it, it makes you want to get involved with that so I, I think that's amazing that you know you were essentially signed because of your spirit and your passion mm -hmm. that's that's amazing and it still holds true to this day. That's why I do four or five podcasts a day. Because somehow, some way, things that I do touch people and touch the world. And I feel it's my responsibility to just talk to people about the things I wish somebody had talked to me about when I was a young man. 
and just maybe I can make somebody's life and our journey a little bit easier with just different hustle tactics, different ways of thinking, different, um, you know, different things that I've done in my life that keep me successful. You know, my voiceover coach told me, you know, he's like, you're different because you're not telling people stuff from a book. You've actually lived all this. That's what people want to hear. They want it. That's the good stuff. The stuff that you've been through, that you've been in the trenches, that you've just been working hard all these years and you stayed relevant and you've, you know, you, you really made a name for yourself and a life for yourself. That's the stuff people want. And I get it. But to me, it's just, it's simple. Don't give up. If you start something, don't give up and always keep learning. And that's what I've done. And now I'm sitting here with opportunities all over the place. And all I do is wake up at four o'clock every morning, trying to be prepared for whatever comes my way. And that, you know, that requires a lot, but that's what has to be done. Or you'll just, you know, you go through life missing opportunities and then you beat yourself up about it. So I just stay positive. I grind. Like before I talked to you, I just booked a voiceover gig and I got three voiceover auditions. I got to have done by today. And then I got, two acting auditions I just got today. I got a show on Saturday tonight. We we did an interview last week for WWE, The Bump. So now we're kind of in partnership with World Wrestling Entertainment. Like things are just happening that I just couldn't have never imagined because I kept hustling. You know, I, you know, instead of, you know, the pandemic was just wonderful for me, right? Because it just forced me to reinvent myself. And once I did that, I haven't looked back and shot my first two movies during the pandemic, booked like a bunch of VO campaigns during the pandemic. And then here comes Geico, right? So like I said, I'm a testament to all of it that if you keep working hard, you keep learning, things come around and, you know, you just have to be ready for opportunities when they hit you in the head. Absolutely. I did want to ask about that commercial specifically because I remember seeing it for the first time and you know that whoop there it is just has that very distinct beat. Like as soon as you hear the Mm -hmm. first two notes of it, you know what the song is. And then I see you guys dancing and singing about, you know, chocolate and ice cream. And it just looked, it looked like a fun commercial to make. So how are you approached about making that commercial and talk to me about the experience of making it? So these are the things that in life string together because of circumstances in the past, in your past life. You know, I can literally say this came about because in 2012, I'm at work DJing at the clubs and I get a call from a New York Times reporter and she would not get off the phone. I'm at work. The record's about to go off. I'm like, call me in the morning. So she calls me on a Sunday morning. She says, have you read the Gawker article? And I'm like, no, she's like, the world thinks that you that Barack Obama was in you guys' video. And I'm like, what? I'm like, how did you even find me? She was like, it was very hard, my friend. And <laughs> what happened was that they they got one frame of the wound there, this video, this guy named L.A. Snow, who was in Deuce, actually the record that Al Bell put out the year before. And he looks exactly like Barack Obama. And the world went crazy because they thought he was in the just something to say bad about Obama. And we did press for a whole week. And at the end of that week, I was a little disappointed because I had nothing to show for it. 
And the reason I had nothing to show for it is because I couldn't be found. And if you're trying to make money and you're trying to be recognized and you're trying to stay relevant, you have to be able to be found. People are not just going to look for you because one day, oh, I remember I used to like whom there it is. Let me find them and give them money. Doesn't work like that. Right. So that's what started my SEO career, search engine optimization. And I was working at the clubs. And when you're when I'm at the club, I'm more than just a DJ. I do your sound. I do your light. I do your radio spots. I do your television spots. I do your video editing. I do your fashion photography. I do so much that I got six streams of income at one place and I've made myself invaluable all the while learning and honing those skills of the things that I'm doing for the club that are going to serve me later. Right? So back then, if you type in tag team in a search engine, it will be all wrestling. Mm -hmm. You type in tag team today, it's all tag team. And that I owe that to my SEO career, you know, just being just sticking with it. It took 10 years. It's difficult. It was brutal, but now I'm good at it. And I get a call from my acting agent. Hey, you booked a Geico commercial. It's like, don't play with me. <laughs> I haven't even auditioned for a Geico commercial. And they're like, no, DC. They said they wanted tag team. And I was like, oh, so I went and checked the tag team phone. And sure enough, it was a call from the Martin agency who does the Geico commercials. And then uh, we, you know, they they called. I didn't answer. And then they got online, found my IMDb because I left good breadcrumbs and learned my lesson from 2012. They found me, called my agent. My agent calls me. The synergy was incredible. I let my agent make the deal. And it is the most lucrative deal I've ever made in my life. And that goes to show you that sometimes things aren't just ready. They're just not ready, but you can never quit. If you say you're going to do something, you got to keep doing it no matter how long it takes. And because I did that, Geico found me. And then everybody was like, are you happy you have a Geico commercial? I was like, I was happy for the first two days, but then I knew I had work to do because we're in the middle of a pandemic. So I'm not going to be afforded all the luxuries that an artist doing a Geico commercial does because Usually that means they're going on tour forever, right? <laughs> I don't care who they are. Salt and Pepper went on tour 2014 after their Geico commercial and just kept going. You know what I mean? Like all the people who do that, that's what happens. And I knew we couldn't. So I just buckled down. I said, hey, get the commercial done first. And as an actor, I prepared for that commercial. I could have just walked up and said, what are we going to do? But I prepared. I said, I know what the script is. I know what they want to do come up with six or seven things that make this commercial great. And that's where the spin and scoop comes from. That's where the sprinkles come from. That's where the dance comes from. The smiling is just us. The fun is just us in a tag team show, right? And all these things were, you know, up for discussion the night before when we had our production meeting. I went to the director. I said, I got some ideas. They were like, anything you want to do, DC, you can do. I said, well, I was trying to fabricate a spin and scoop, but couldn't find anybody. Said, Don't worry about that. It'll be done tomorrow. It's like, what? Okay. <laughs> like, you wanna, I, I need a bunch of sprinkles because we're going to do the salt, baby. We're going to do the old to LeBron James. We're going to have a sprinkle food fight. I know kids love sprinkles. I don't know why, but they do. It's like, we'll have a we'll have a truckload of sprinkles, DC. And just everything we wanted, they were like, okay, okay, it'll be done. All right. And we had a ball that day. And it was just so it was just so full of energy that whole day. And they probably could have made five Geico commercials out of that, all the stuff that we shot. It was that good. 
And then we waited. And then at that point, I'm like, I'm not going to sit back. I'm going to, you know, I know we're in a pandemic. I'm going to take these lemons, make some lemonade, start a lemonade company, franchise it, then sell it for $20 million. That's my mindset. So I try to find a publicist. And no public, none of the publicists wanted to work with me because we're in a pandemic. They don't know what to do. They can't do what they usually would do. And they just don't want to spend my money like that or they just didn't want to take on the challenge. And I was like, that's fine. And whenever I get stuck, I call them learn how to learn hustle tactics. Whenever I get stuck, I join an organization, society, or association. And in these organizations are people of a certain profession who have been doing what they love for 10, 20, 30, 40 years, and they're masterful at it. And I joined the Public Relations Society of America. Two days in, I am, you know, on this Zoom call because I'm going to be my own damn publicist. <laughs> and um, I raise my hand. I say, our press release is relevant. This is Super Bowl week, right? And they're like, well, what's it for, DC? And I'm like, well, I'm kind of featured in a Geico commercial called Scoop. There it is. And I'm looking at the chat. They're like, no, that can't be him. He's on here. What is going? Wait a minute. That is him. I love that commercial. Oh, my God. That commercial is so good. Hey, can we ask him? It just blew the whole entire Zoom up, Zoom cast up. And the moderators like like to welcome DC to the organization. You know what I mean? And but back to his question, our press release is relevant. And the CEO is like, yes, they're relevant because the whole last year has been COVID. It's been doom and gloom. It's been political. It's been everything. Everybody's worn out. And here you guys come, because she knew what the commercial was. Here you guys come with spinning scoops, throwing sprinkles everywhere, smiling and laughing and dancing and bringing joy to the world when everybody needed it. Like she she, she just said, she said it so eloquently. And she said, that press release is going to work. And you're going to go here to get in front of all the TV talk shows. You're going to go here to get in front of all the journalists. You're going to go here to get in front of all the podcasts. You're going to go here if you absolutely want another publicist. And then you want to make sure your pitches are like this. And you want to make sure your plan is like this. And she gave me the entire breadth of her career as a PR or a publicist in 10 minutes. And it has changed my life and opened me up to things that I could have never imagined. And I have not looked back. And it is the reason that you and I are talking right now. Right. And this is Super Bowl Wednesday. I dropped that press release. The next day I get a call from Dan Patrick show. Now I'm on a national sports show and the whole world sees me. Because I didn't quit. I kept playing offense. And I'm just not having it. I'm not going to. I refuse to lose. And. Now my whole trajectory has changed and now everything is coming at me. Right. And that's why I do four or five of these a day, because the more I talk about it, the more it happens and people hear it and get inspired and people hear it and go talk to other people. Then I get calls. And now, you know, I just signed one of the biggest voiceover agencies in the world. I am, you know, even like I said before the Geico commercial, two movies, three TV shows, and they're all going to drop probably at the same time just because everything's working in synergy like that. And I know what I want and I'm going for it. And people are like, well, what do you got for the future? And I'm like, I don't even know because there's so many opportunities hitting me. And everybody's like, DC, you can't do everything. People really like to tell me that, you know, the traditionalists. 
And I'm like, you know what? Let me indulge you. I can't do everything. But I sure enough can be prepared for everything. And what they don't realize is that, and now they're like, yeah, that, that makes sense. Okay, I, I, I can agree with that. They don't even realize that the thing they just said they approve of because I just said it in a different way. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. I said the same thing I just said to you in a different way. Because being prepared for everything is doing everything. Right. If something comes out of left field and it's an opportunity, I'm going to be prepared for it because I kind of laid the seed for it to come back to me. So. Well, and it's like that old me. saying, it's like that old <laughs> saying goes that, you know, if you put if you put the good energy out there, it does eventually come back to you. And I, I think it speaks volumes. You know, you backtracking a little bit to what you were talking about with the pandemic. Mm hmm. Life, and I heard this saying a while back, and it's something that has stuck with me for years. Life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you react to it. What? With the the pandemic, you know, set a lot of people back and it, it caused a lot of negative reactions to things. But there are some positive things that come out of it as well. And I think your story is one of them because you take whatever situation you're in and you think, how can I make this work to my advantage? What can I do to get something good out of this situation? Yeah, so man. The pandemic, you know, people hate when I say this, but it's the best thing that ever happened to me, right? Because it forced everybody to stop. Everybody mm -hmm. had to stop. Now we're all in the same boat. The slate is clean. We are all in the Serengeti together. We are all lions and impalas, and we are all fighting for survival. And what are you going to be, predator or prey? And you ask yourself the question, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And a lot of people, what am I going to do? Woe is me. And I'm like, what am I going to do? Can't do shows, can't do this, but I can do this. And I reinvented myself with voiceover. And because I'm diligent with things that I do, I record every class that I take. And I had all those recordings and I lined them up and I went back and listened to my first voiceover class in 2009. And it was heartbreaking and gut-wrenching because I had to hear myself talk and have a conversation 10 years ago. And I had to listen to my first voiceover where I thought I was the bomb and I was not. And I realized that it was hard because I thought I could just whoop there it is my way through anything and I was wrong. And what I realized listening to it 10 years later is that I was the one that was getting in my own way. It wasn't the coaches. I had the best coaches in the world because now that I'm an actor and a voice artist and I didn't give up and I play offense, I understood what the heck they were trying to teach me. And I said, wait a minute, I can do that. And as much as that first voiceover was cringeworthy when I heard it, I did it again. And it was purely angelic because it was the first time I had mastery over my voice. And back in March, when everybody thought we were going to turn into zombies and start eating each other, I reinvented myself with voiceover and went through 42 hour sessions and started booking instantly. But then in April, I get a call from my acting coach. Hey, I'm casting a movie. I want you in it. Boom. Two months later, another movie. Boom. Then some more voiceover. Then a Tyler Perry uh, uh, ADR uh, part in one of uh, House of Pain. Then here comes Geico. And then it says, Geico, I'm on two more TV shows. Right. So you have to not treat it. This is the problem. People see it as a quid pro quo. I do this, therefore, this has to happen. 
And I'm like, no, 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 no. You don't plant a seed, sit down, you know, and look at the seed and say, I need you to grow seed, grow right now. Come on, seed, grow. This seed don't work, I quit. Don't work like that. You plant that seed and keep it moving, right? Because you don't know what type of seed you just planted. You don't know how long it's going to take to grow. You don't know what it needs to be nurtured. You don't know anything. But you can throw it in the universe, and if it sprouts, it will grow. And if it grows, it might take 10 years to grow into a redwood tree, right? And I've I, I realized that I have planted so many seeds in my life that I stand before you in the forest of opportunity, right? And I could have never imagined the things that are happening to me now and everything that happens to me now, because I'm, I am who I am, I take it and I try to make it create more seeds tenfold, just so those seeds will grow and I always have opportunities moving forward. And it really didn't jump off till my, I had a big, meeting with my agents and they were like dc what are you what are your plans what do you want and i'm like i'm fine you guys do a great job because i love my agency people store agency in atlanta georgia but they're like but what do you want and i never forget it was lena and i was like i'm good thank you because my whole theme is humility right and 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 graciousness grace and she was like dc what is your bucket list and i was like whoa slap me into a whole nother way of thinking and I was like, you know what? I want to be in The Mandalorian. I want to be in the Star Wars universe. I want live action, animation, anything, right? That's what I want. And I want to be in big movies, little parts in big movies. Give me five lines with The Rock. I'm good. <laughs> Serious. That's, that's all I care about. I don't have to be, I don't have to be the star of the movie because I know that something about me that I've been blessed with does it organically. So I don't even have to try. Just give me the opportunity, right? So that's what's happening. And I throw these things out there and now I am inching my way forward because I think differently. I think all solutions. I think, you know, people come to me with problems all the time. People come to me with excuses when they try to talk to me. And what they don't realize is that they've just given me gifts. You tell me your problems, I'm looking at you like, well, what's the solution? And you can't tell me what the solution is, but I've already got the solution for it. And it might, you know, for me, I just think about the most fantastical pie in the sky thing that you could want. The bucket list, right? And then what happens is, okay, that might be far-fetched and that might be unrealistic to others. But you, you envision that. You see it. And when you see it, all you have to do is inch your way back. Just inch your way back to practicality. And you're halfway there. I'm already doing this. I'm already doing that. And what you've just done literally is create a business plan in reverse. You have your goal and now you create the steps because you've worked it out backwards. Now you see what it takes to get to it, get to that pie in the sky. Right. So you just you just start climbing that ladder. It might take a while. But at least you know where you're going and you learn how to learn as you go along. And then if somebody gives me excuses, well, I love excuses because I love to figure out three or four solutions to that excuse. Well, I can't do that because of this. I'm like, yeah, you can. This is all you got to do. Well, I can't do it because of that. Well, if you do that, you do it like this. And you could do it like this and you could do it like that. 
And really, all you got to do is just do it. But they're so caught up in the problems and the misery and the things that they're so used to being a part of their life, they can't break out of it. And then that's when people become old and bitter, come set in their ways and difficult to deal with. Right. And I vowed a long time ago that I won't be that dude <laughs> under any circumstance. And I love to be wrong because being wrong and admitting it kills your ego and it kills your pride. And those are the two things that stop you from doing things in life and having an open mind and moving forward. And I found a mechanism that does that. And now I flourish because everything is about the solution and being wrong is the path to being right under any circumstances. Now, all of this is easier said than done, but you know, I love it because it's hard because I know ain't nobody else going to do it. And that's the fun part. All I know is I just got to grind like with acting. I know I'm going to have to do a thousand auditions before I get to where I want to be. Maybe not, but I'm anticipating that's what it's going to take. So give me as many auditions as you can now so I can hurry up and get to where I want to be. Not, I didn't get this audition, man. I don't know if I want to act anymore. You don't know why you got to get that audition. That's not what auditioning is. You, you know, there's money. at There's stakes at all this. People spend money on these movies on these television shows. If you're not right, you're just not right. It's not because you can't act. You're looking at it the wrong way, right? They're trying to make an incredible product, but if you're too tall and it looks crazy, it don't matter how good you act. <laughs> it doesn't, right? So yeah, yeah. these are the things that you have to understand, and they it happens through trial and error and life and experience. But if I can spit this game to everybody out there and they get a couple of things from me that they see, are beneficial to help them and just get them thinking a little bit different that maybe I can do all the stuff that I wanted to do. Then that is my mission, man, because I, I refuse to leave this earth regretting that I didn't do something I want to do. Now, before, before, before I got on with you, I just was with my mentor who was an engineer for this doll that I'm working on to make music again in Germany. I'm being tutored by him every Tuesday. So that's why we couldn't do it. Cause I forgot. Right. That we do it every Tuesday because we had to do it on a Friday last week and I just faced it out. And I can't miss that <laughs> because that's important because I'm going to make music again. I'm not going to be an artist again, but I love making songs. I love making music, but I can make I can make jingles for ad agencies. Right. I'm with the biggest one in the world. Right. I can do all these things through preparation. And preparing is getting the education, learning how to learn and being prepared if the opportunity comes your way. And, you know, I know everybody thought we were going to talk about whoop, there it is and tag team and all that. And that's, and this is the, this is, this is it. <laughs> this is, you know, whoop, there it is the genesis of all of this because I signed a bad record deal. This is what led to how, how I am now. This is what led to all this. This is what led to me flourishing. This is what led to everything. Right. And I've had a great career. We made money. We do show. We, we were doing five, six shows a year. Now I do 30, 40 shows a year. Right. And this is 28 years later on one song. What do I have to complain about? Well, and that's the beauty of shows like this is that 
you know, as much as you can prep for, you know, like I had in my mind the things that I wanted to talk with you about, mm. but I love hearing, you know, how the conversation just organically flows. And that's what to me is great about podcasting is that you never quite know where the conversation is going to go. Exactly. And you might hear things that you would have never dreamed of. Like I wasn't expecting to get an inspirational talk, but now I'm ready to <laughs> run out my front door and take on the world. <laughs> there there but, is... A, but- there's that's how it happened to me man i mean seriously there's a quote you said that if this isn't on a t-shirt it needs to be being wrong is the path to being right that would make a great t-shirt because there's actually a shirt that i own i found it i can't remember the website i found it on but it says ego Mm -hmm. kills talent and i think that is so true because you know part of the fun and i'll again use this podcast as an example sometimes the journey is more fun than the destination. Like, you know, you have your end goal of what you want to get to, but you can learn so much on the journey there. Like in doing this show, because I've been doing this show now for over seven years and I've learned so much about the audio field stuff that I would have never learned. And and sometimes half the fun is learning through failure. Oh my gosh. That's, but that is, hey man, today, today was a hard day. Because I'm trying to figure today's a hard day because I had a meeting earlier with these this this company that does a specific thing for people to I guess for podcast guests. And I you know, I just told them everything that I was doing, but I wasn't a fit for them to work for me because their thing is so strategic that, you know, we weren't a fit. But I didn't take that as I took it in two ways. I took it as, okay, they've just told me something different that I hadn't heard before. Right. Because they said their lanes are business, uh, spirituality and health. And I'm like, okay, cause mine is entertainment. You know, they, they ask specific questions. So I'm not really a fit for them. And I understood that, but I'm like, well, what can I do? So now I'm, my brain is going right. I'm like, what can I do to be a better fit for them? Right. Without losing who I am, because I know my thing works. But what I but me trying to think that way might hone what I'm doing and it might push it in a better direction, not to just do what they want to do and totally change. But just to keep my mind open on the possibilities of getting better than I was yesterday. Right. That's mm-hmm. how I take things. And that's hard to do because your ego is saying, forget them. They don't know what they're talking about. But that's a part of, you know, I have. I have this gentleman that sits on my shoulder. I call him Monsieur Sabatour. Monsieur Sabatour is the one that's telling me, man, forget them. You know what you're doing. You're the bomb. You're the greatest ever. But I can't listen to him because he's telling he, he's he's toxic. Right? He's telling, he's like, man, you don't need to do that. You don't need to do this. But once and and Mr. Sabatour is basically my ego and my pride. And he has to be sequestered, right? Because if I'm believing in him, I'm not moving. I'm going backwards. And that's what happens to people. They, you know, you ever had an argument with somebody who, you know, you know that they don't know what they're talking about and they want to be so right that they just start making up stuff and they just keep going down a rabbit hole of untruth. And like, when that happens, I just let people burn themselves out. Because I've already come to grips with that. I was wrong. 
or that this is not a winnable argument and or this is a dumb argument, but they keep going and they keep going that ra- down that rabbit hole on truth. And then they believe the things that they say because they think they want an argument. And now they are truly lost. Right. When I can just just kill my pride and kill my ego and it kills me that I lost the argument inside. But I'm like, well, what's what's the what's the you know solution? What what is the the path to being right? Right. And now my mind is open to something else other than that negative stuff. And it doesn't infect me. And, you know, I've I've learned the ability over the years to take any type of emotion, negative emotion, envy, hate, fear, jealousy, despair, suffering, and not react to it viscerally, but just put it in my pocket and hold it inside for later as fuel. Because that's what it turns into, positive fuel, because I've gotten good at it, right? Perfect example, if I got an audition for acting tomorrow, it requires that I'm angry. Well, if I had an argument with somebody last week and I'm still kind of, I didn't really freak out on it, but I'm, I still remember and it's still in me. Well, now that role calls for me to be a little angry. I don't have to find a character or a caricature. I pull it out of my pocket and I'm there. And now the character becomes me and it's real. And that is what makes great performances in acting, right? You learn to take these things and you learn to use them somehow. If there's something I'm trying to figure out in SEO and it's just killing me, well, just remember the time somebody told you you couldn't do do something. And that's what keeps you fighting, right? I'm going to learn this because I know when I learn this, I'll have an edge. There's a reward there, right? All these little things you can use, all these little tactics you can use through your experiences of negative energy, right? And then you turn into positive energy. You don't even know it's positive energy. And now you've completed the task and now you've released it out of you and you're better for it because there's always going to be negative energy coming at you. Your fan, you know, the people who love you, the hate, who love you the most are going to hate on you to be the most cynical, the most. Right. And it's not because they really hate on you. They just don't know. Sometimes people are stuck in their own ignorance. Right. And they just don't know, but you're, you're consistently trying to move forward. And people like, don't be around negative people, but it's like, no, keep those people around because that's what keeps you going, right? And just all these things that people have told me in my life have served me in that way. And I just keep it moving, man. I play offense. I was like, you know, LeBron shoots 20 and misses. Well, he's not going to quit. He's going to shoot 40 more. If he missed 40 more, he's going to keep shooting. And all of a sudden, he's going to hit one, two, three, and then he's going to win five championships, right? That's how it works. Yep. And like I said, man, I know my future's bright. All I'm trying to do is stay healthy, stay positive, and stay moving. And, you know, the pandemic, everybody's sitting here. We about, we're coming out of it, and everybody's sitting here waiting for it to come back to the way it used to be. And I'm like, you guys, it's never going to be the way it used to be. It's changed. Everything has changed. And I look at it as you can make your own lane custom to you. Then you can make another lane custom to you. Now you have a highway that'll take you anywhere you want to go, right? I'm standing in the foothills looking at these mountain peaks and looking at these mountains and just seeing all kind of new frontier, you know? And there's a reason they say, you know, I think back, I thought this just hit me one day. There's a reason that they say there's gold in them dar hills, right? (laughs) 
And it's just up to me to extract the gold out the hill. And that's then that's the putting in the work, right? And that's I it's that simple. So for me, it's learn how to learn and just learn from the people who have been doing it before. And then put your put your emphasis on it or or apply it to your workflow because you have a certain workflow. Every day you get up, you have a workflow, right? Well, what can you apply to your workflow to make it more beneficial to your learning, to who you are, to your transition? If you got, you're in a job that you can't stand to the next job, all these things. I just think different, man. I'm not going to sit there and, and pity party ever. And even if I do, it only going to last for two, three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to last long. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's good, though. That, that's very good. I, I did hey. want to. I did want to ask uh, as we start to wrap up here. How is mm-hmm. the how is the transition for you been going into the world of acting? Because you, know, you said that you got the offer to be in someone's film, and then you got another one. How was it transitioning from being someone who had a background in music to go into the world of acting? Beautiful, because the whole entertainment field doesn't know that I'm wound there it is. And the whole music industry doesn't know that I act and do voiceover. And at some point those worlds are going to collide and it's going to be magnificent and spectacular. Even with the Geico commercial, I still can walk around. Nobody knows who I am. And that's because of how I carry myself. Right. And that's the beauty. And then the other beauty is that for the first time in 20 some years, Everybody gets to put a face with their favorite song after all these years. And that's helpful, right? So I know that once these center, you know, once these these worlds synergize and collide in a way that everybody sees simultaneously, um, like it would have worked like that with the Geico commercial, but you know, when it was super, super hot, you know, in January and February, we we're all walking around with masks, right? <laughs> so and i love it because i get to live my life right i get to go anywhere i want to go I, I love that i'm not recognized but of course if i want to be a star i can turn it on if i have to but that's rare i only do that to get in boardrooms or to get you know what i mean to take advantage of situations where i know that if i tell them who i am they're going to be like what really man when i was a kid blah 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 because everybody who loved that song when they were young are ceos of companies now they're higher ups in companies now. They're the people I need to talk to. They're the ones that make the decisions. They're the ones that if I go in and I have my pitch together, then I get a shot. That's all I ask. I don't want no favors. Just give me a shot. If you give me a shot, I'm going to come through for you. If I don't, you're going to see me do the same thing I try to do for you for somebody else because I'm not going to give up. I'm not. And that's just how I am. That's fantastic. Uh, last question before we get out of here. Uh, do you have any website or social media you'd like to plug so the listeners can follow you? See, that's the beauty of SEO. Don't even need to say anything because all you have to do is type in tag team or whoop, there it is, or DC, and you'll find me. So I kind of never do that, right? Like all my, all my, you know, I'm diligent. So all of my profiles for me are DC Glenn ATL. And then for tag team is tag team wound, right? So, and then the website is tagteambackagain.com. So any variation of those is going to bring you to that, right? And you'll get the information you need. So I've set it up very well. And then, you know, now I'm setting up DC Glenn for acting and voiceover and all those things. 
And because I know SEO, I can get on the first pages of voiceover websites. I mean, voiceover uh, Google searches or acting Google searches where I couldn't before. Because I know where I'm, I, I know where I need to be for the people who are looking for me to find me. That's the whole point of SEO. And I've learned it. And that's an advantage too. You got to take advantage of the technology that's out there. So I know I'm a handful, man. That's <laughs> no, all good. Yeah. All good. Well, sir, thank you so much for taking the time to have mm -hmm. this chat. It was fantastic. Definitely, man. I appreciate you. And thank you for just letting me come on here and run my mouth because I learn more from talking to people. Thanks again to DC Glenn for that awesome conversation. Hopefully you got as much out of it as I did. And I thank him very much again for taking the time to chat with me. You can follow him on social media at DC Glenn ATL or his website tagteambackagain.com to find out what he'll be up to next. For next week's show, I'll be chatting with actress Mika Borim, who recently directed her first feature film, Hollywood.com, which you can find on Amazon Prime. She'll be on the show next week to talk about that, her long-tenured acting career, and so much more. Another great inspirational conversation for next week's show, so hopefully you come back for that fun episode. But until then, you can check out past episodes of the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for The Derek Diamond Experience. And if you could, please leave a review. The more reviews I get, the more visible I become to the podcasting public. You can also follow me on social media at D Diamond Podcast. You can also find me on Patreon at patreon.com slash D Diamond Podcast. And of course, thank you to my close friends, the Unicorn Wranglers, for providing the theme music for the podcast. You can check out all their music on Apple Music, Google Play, and Spotify. That's going to do it for this week's show, so enjoy the rest of your week. Have a safe and fun weekend. Thank you for tuning in to another awesome episode of the Derek Diamond Experience. I'm your host, Derek Diamond, and we'll see you guys back here next Thursday.